This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the Fourth Sunday of Lent A reading from the book of Joshua. The Lord said to Joshua, Today I have removed the reproach of Egypt from you. While the Israelites were encamped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, they celebrated the Passover on the evening of the 14th of the month. On the day after the Passover, they ate of the produce of the land in the form of unleavened cakes and parched grain. On that same day after the Passover, on which they ate of the produce of the land, the manna ceased. No longer was there manna for the Israelites, who that year ate of the yield of the land of Canaan. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be ever in my mouth. Let my soul glory in the Lord. The lowly will hear me and be glad. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us together extol his name. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Look to him that you may be radiant with joy, and your faces may not blush with shame. When the poor one called out, the Lord heard, and from all his distress he saved him. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, Whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. And all this is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So we are ambassadors for Christ, as if God were appealing through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who did not know sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them Jesus addressed this parable. A man had two sons, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country, where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. 
When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens, who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, How many of my father's hired hands have more than enough food to eat, but here I am, dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father and shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, Quickly, bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast because this son of mine who was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field, and on his way back, as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, Your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry, and when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, Look, all these years I served you, and not once did I disobey your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughter the fattened calf. He said to him, My son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Carla, on this fourth Sunday of Lent, I want to thank you for your reading of the Gospel. It's a beautiful story. That was a long one. <laughs> it, was a, it was a long one. <laughs> well, this fourth Sunday of Lent, we also know that as Laetare Sunday, and that is uh, really from the expression Laetare Jerusalem, or Rejoice, O Jerusalem. We are now at the midpoint of Lent. Uh, it's traditionally viewed as a day of celebration. Uh, the purple vestments that the priest wears are now changed into rose-colored, uh, not pink. And, uh, and it's just a wonderful day of rejoicing and to realize that this is just a day to provide us encouragement that indeed the passion, death, resurrection, and Easter with that resurrection is near at hand. So what a wonderful day of, of rejoicing today. And I didn't actually tell you this be, before uh, we were preparing because I wanted to surprise you. Um, but I have a little riddle for you. Oh, all right. Okay. So, so the riddle is this. So who in the gospel had no father? Uh, Adam, you know he that? got the father. Yeah. I don't know. It was actually Joshua. And you know why? 
because he was son of none. Oh, Kevin! <laughs> you can I look that up. Joshua two one did not. That's, I wanted to surprise you. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so as we move into Joshua today, let me give you a little bit of a background. Of course, we know that the Egyptian, the Israelites left Egypt forty years prior to so one generation prior. Moses had died because he wasn't allowed into the into the promised land. Put Joshua in charge. We see in Joshua chapter 3 and 4, the crossing of the Jordan into the promised land. Then we see uh, the, uh, all, the, all the Israelites needed to be circumcised who hadn't been because they were out in the desert. And then this reading, we find them celebrating the Passover. And then this is all still before the fall of Jericho. So that's kind of they're crossed over the, the promised land. They're circumcised, enjoying this Passover and this reading or this, this uh, meal. And that's where we pick up Joshua today. Okay, yeah. And you know that 40-year delay that they had in the desert? That was necessary because many of the older Israelites who left Egypt, they brought with them some sinful attachments to the lifestyle that they'd left behind. And with most of them now dead, there was that whole new generation born and raised in the desert with that strict adherence to the law of Moses, this new generation that was undefiled by the decadent, sinful lifestyle that was left behind in Egypt. So now the Israeli nation was properly prepared for the promised land uh, because, you know, really only those whose hearts were free from attachment to, to that kind of sin could enter into the promised land. Mm-hmm. And, you know, During our lives, many of us are going to encounter a time that we're going to have to wander in the desert. You know, times that we're going to struggle with hardship, and it might seem like there's just no end in sight. It could be financial difficulty or even financial ruin. It could be a brush with natural disaster, tragedies of war, or maybe even a health crisis. But deep attachment to sin will prevent us from entering heaven. And we should do our best to accept these hardships as a kind of cleansing process, you know, an opportunity to purge our hearts of whatever it is that could prevent us from one day entering into the promised land. You mentioned that attachment to sin, and I want to touch on that for a minute because, you know, with our readings, we always have a, a, a theme or a tie between the first reading and the gospel. And I really struggle with that this time, how does Joshua relate to the prodigal son? <laughs> I was really trying to think through that. So after a bit of prayer and reflection, I, I came up with these, I guess, three reasons or explanations. And I really think you actually hit on these, and these are really beautiful. In both cases, the first reading of the gospel represent God's mercy and a new beginning for the sinner, a renewed relationship with God. And you talked to that. I really like that. Um, in Joshua, you see, today I have removed the reproach of Egypt from you. And in the Gospel of Luke, this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. So I think that that's God's mercy's one tie there. Uh, Both involved a celebration. Uh, Joshua's involved the Passover. Uh, Gospel of Luke was the fatted calf. And then the third reason I came up with is the Israelites and the prodigal son are both given a new start and how important that really is as part of our Lenten journey, that new start mm-hmm. and that celebration, that Latari Sunday, right? Yes. It's that encouragement now. Yeah. Um, and indeed, I think we find some encouragement in the second reading, which is St. Paul to the Corinthians today, don't we? St. Paul talks about a new creation and explains how God reconciled us to himself and has established the ministry of reconciliation. We know it as the sacrament of confession. Yeah, exactly. And of course, we know we become a new creature through 
through our baptism, and that is in the catechism in paragraph 1265. So I really love that tie where after we made that new creature, we also need that gift of reconciliation, don't we? <laughs> yes. And, and I love here, you know, it's the purpose, I think, of this Lenten journey. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. That's a beautiful tie and how important it is for us. If we haven't gone to confession yet, please make that part of your Lenten journey. Yes, indeed. Well, finally, this this great gospel reading today, Carla. Okay, well, this is a, Jesus' story, and he's telling us about the compassion that God the Father has for every single person. And the only thing that stands between us and God's mercy is our unwillingness to repent, to turn back to him and to ask for forgiveness. <laughs> our unwillingness. <Yes>. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, you laid that down pretty well. And 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 there is a, a, a book called The Prodigal Son, and it outlines, I call this the the eight steps of conversion. And let's walk through that because it really deals with our unwillingness, doesn't it? Uh, steps one and two deal with the fascination with the illusion of freedom and then the abandonment of the father's house. And probably all of us have done that in certain ways. I know I certainly in my life, I certainly have looked at the other side and had this illusion of freedom. And I'm going to go ahead and not go to church anymore and not be shackled with these rules anymore. But then after those first two steps, steps three and four are the extreme misery after squandering your fortune and the deep humiliation of feeding the swine. Okay, again, you realize, wait a second, what was that beautiful thing I just gave up? And look at where I am now. (laughs) Steps five and six, reflection on all that the prodigal son had lost and repentance and decision to declare himself guilty before his father. What a beautiful turning point. So often that time when you hit the bottom, right? You hit the you hit rock bottom there where you realize you've lost everything and the only thing you could do is just say, God, I am sorry. And then finally, step seven and eight, that journey back home and your father's generous welcome. Indeed, that starts that when you hit that rock bottom and you make that conversion, then you start your journey back to the father and he is there looking for you much like he was looking after the prodigal son. So really just in summary today, Let us indeed follow the wisdom of the gospel story. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.